0: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to your tech report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of your tech report. Follow along with us on
1: Twitter it's at your tech Facebook.com slash your tech report. Of course, our YouTube channel. We invite you to join us there as well. YouTube.com slash your tech report. An exciting week in tech, an exciting week for Apple. Mitchell Whitfield, how are you feeling about this week so far? I think it's pretty good, no?
2: Uh, Are are you kidding? Uh, The the question is, is everyone going to be ready for what we're about to say today? That's that's the whole thing, because we're going to be giving, obviously, not just information, but our thoughts as well. And I think people are going to be a little bit surprised by what we have to say. I do. I do believe that.
1: I do believe that as well. Uh, First, uh, some housekeeping. Obviously, we've got a great show, Kyline up here. We're going to talk all about WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference. So keynote on Monday, lots of very cool announcements from Apple. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Christine Tam from Best Buy is going to join us to talk about a very cool classroom initiative. From Google, which involves VR, plus of course, Father's Day gift ideas. And we're gonna flash back to a very cool interview with someone over at Dell and Alienware to talk about their in- entire product lineup. But really, it's a philosophical call, philosophical, this philosophical conversation about uh, the really the state of computers and the way it is today. So we're gonna take a quick break, follow us online again on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, youtube.com slash your tech report. Quick break, come back, and talk all about
0: WWDC. There's more you. Welcome back.
1: Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report, Mark Flalo. Actually, uh, not in vacationing, but I'm actually in Vancouver, British Columbia for some serious XM Sirius XM business. As always, joined by Mitchell Whitfield, who is in Los Angeles. Follow along with us on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com slash your tech report, our YouTube channel, where we're trying something a little bit uh uh, new, I guess we've done this before, Mitchell, but we're doing a video-slash-radio segment. We call this a, a syndicated segment, shall we, or a simulcast, so to speak. I, I
2: like the simulcast because, yeah. basically, it, it, it's a cool thing to be able to let our YouTube audience see a little bit how our XM show works, how our format works. And it's really cool for our XM audience to maybe see what we
1: look like once in a while. Don't be horrified. It's early in the
2: morning. It does get better than this. I just want to let people know it does
1: get a little better than this. So WWDC Worldwide yes. Developers Conference 2017. Yes. I mean, we kind of previewed it last week. Uh, we talked about the different things we expected. Obviously, on the software side of things, much easier for Apple to kind of keep the wraps on things software-wise because, you know, no one, there's no leaks. There's nothing out there, I mean, unless people try to guess stuff or, you know. Right. Just, anyhow, lot, lots of cool stuff announced. So, so let's, I mean, I guess go down the list, so to speak.
2: Yeah, I mean, they actually kind of made it interesting at the beginning. And one thing I love that Tim Cook did, or more importantly, didn't do, was feel the need to go into uh, the minutiae of all the details of everything that Apple's done over the past year, the past quarter, the sales. And there was a lot to talk about. And he said, hey, let's get right to it. So uh, kudos to him. I appreciate that. Because sometimes yeah. you just want to get to the stuff. We can look at the numbers online. We can read, you know, their latest reports, financials. So let's get right to the stuff as they presented it. Basically, they said that it was going to be, the keynote was going to be broken up into four different categories that being tv os watch os yeah. mac os and ios those are the four platforms that mac has and they said among those four there were going to be six announcements so let's start off with the easiest one and that is tv os i can summarize this very quickly folks <laughs> and ahead. move on to the next one amazon video is coming to apple tv and all of your different apple devices now, is, that a, is that a big deal is that a big
1: deal though is that a big deal it is because- a big deal
2: I'll tell you why it's a big deal, Mark, because I think they were losing business to other streaming devices. Listen, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I love Amazon Prime. I'm also uh, embedded in the uh, Mac ecosystem. But when it came to streaming, I started using my Xbox One, my Roku, my other okay. devices, because yeah. if I wanted to access all that free content I guess, as a Prime member... I couldn't do it with Apple TV. So I think for them to do this was important. The one thing I didn't get, Mark, was I understand when, you're, when you have a product and you announce a product early, and there were plenty of those. We're going to get to those as well. I understand when you announce something early to be released toward the end of the year. But they did say that this Amazon partnership, the Amazon Prime Video app coming to, you know, TVR, iOS. Yep. Why is it not coming? Why is it waiting until the end of the year? That I didn't understand. I guess there's still some yeah. things they need to work out. But we're talking about an app. You got to think that these two giants could work out something where we could say, and it's available right now. I was kind of hoping for that. Yeah, a little surprised like, that, that didn't happen. Here's the cookie
1: cutter. We've done it for every other streaming service that exists. Insert your logo here and you know link to your content. You would think it Why would wait? be as easy as that. Why wait? Yeah, no, right, hundred percent. Right, right. So next on the list.
2: Next on the list is watchOS, uh, the news being that we're moving to, uh, what is it, 4.0, watchOS 4.0. WatchOS 4. Um, well, is, is, I call it 4.0, yes, 4, exactly. Yes. Um, and there were some kind of interesting announcements. I mean, visually, uh, one of the things that immediately struck me, and, you know, they have new watch faces. Um, they have a Siri-based watch face that really revolves around your personal assistant uh, gathering all the things you have to do throughout the day um, that can... Uh, you can you can scroll through your day using the crown um, to look through all of your events. You know, so Siri has, and they also had a kaleidoscope face, I believe, yep. that gave you these different. It reminded me of Spirograph. Did You ever have Spirograph I do, When yeah. you were a kid, you still have it. So that's what it, that's what, it, or, or the kaleidoscope that you look through and you twist it. That's going to be one of the watch faces. And then, of course, for Disney fans, one of the most exciting things when it came to watch faces, the addition of new Disney characters. Not just Minnie and you know Minnie and Mickey, but we're also getting Woody. And um, Buzz
1: Lightyear, and and
2: Buzz, and who's the the girl? The girl cowgirl. What's her name? I, I, she's I coming too. That. Yeah, she's coming <laughs> <Now> people too. <laughs> are going, people are going to be screaming her name at the at the screen, yeah. going, Don't, tweet, you know <laughs> "Don't you know her name? Tweet us now!
1: Tweet us now! Don't you know her name?" Um,
2: <laughs> so those three new faces are coming. In addition, that now, were you excited about anything else? Because we also saw that Apple was giving more attention to the fitness app and sort of personalizing it for each user. Did you see that when they were announcing that? I
1: did. I, did. I, I, I was just struck. Um, the connectivity to different uh, tools, such as uh, whether it be bicycles or treadmills, is going to be very cool. You're going to be able to sync it so that all the data is cohesive between the two devices, especially when you go to a gym, which is very cool, but will also require some you know, third-party upgrades to different products. You know, um, the other thing that I found was interesting with that whole Siri based watch face is it seems a little bit of catch up towards Google's card system where you see all your previous history, which is okay, which is, you know, everybody has to catch up at some certain point. But it's it's final. It's it's nice to finally see Siri take more of a organizational element to your life as opposed to just this call upon virtual assistant. Her voice also changes across. All these software platforms is actually a new voice for Siri, which is kind of interesting, and it seems a little bit more natural, and we'll get into that because I did upgrade my iPad to uh, iOS 11, which is next on our list.
2: You are my guinea pig, and before before we move on, I just want to touch on something that you touched on, basically ex- expand upon it a little bit, or expound upon it, um, that gym machines, you know— um, Life Fitness, makers of Life Cycle, and a bunch of other stuff. There are a lot, all the major players when it comes to equipment, uh, physical fitness equipment that are in gyms today. And by the way, most of them run on digital boards and are fully upgradable. They're going to be getting the upgrade to actually synchronize with your Apple Watch. Yeah. A lot of people have the problem where they use their Apple Watch for to get their body metrics and to time everything. Yet the machines they're on also have their own metrics system, you know, their own metrics yeah. that they track. So now. These devices, when they get the update later this year in the fall, your, your Apple Watch will be able to talk and synchronize with the piece of exercise equipment that you're on to give you one unified piece of information, which is really good if you're hitting the gym all the time and that's something that's important to you. But, um, you know, the other the other takeaway for me was, you know, I really want to go in-depth more with Apple Watch 2. Uh, this is something I've been in the pool more, you know, to try and mend my poor old bones. I've been doing a lot of swimming, so I want to be able to track that, which I can't do with my first-generation Apple Watch. That's something we'll follow up with with the new software later in the year.
1: So uh, let's move on to obviously Mac OS. Now, the current version we're using is Mac OS Sierra. The next version is, uh, I think, a, a very clever way of uh, playing on slogans. Mac OS, hi Sierra, and their slogan yes. is, your Mac elevated. Now, really, <laughs> let's talk about the core for this for a second because really, a lot of things are getting a new boost thanks to Apple's new file system. This is something that we've seen on iOS devices. It was introduced with iOS 10, um, which is a much more, co- I mean, listen, the file system that we're on now, which is called HFS, and this is, a little bit technical, is, is probably about 30 years old. So it's, it's been about, over 30 years, exactly. Yeah, 30, 30 years. So now we have a new Apple file system, which is called the APFS Apple file system. It's all 64-bit, and they showed an example at the keynote where you were copying multiple files that were gigabytes, and it took seconds in the Apple file system versus taking you know a minute or so with the old file system. So it's really going to make things across the board uh, a lot better. On the video side, we're, we're switching from H.264, which is the, the standard that we've been using for the past about 5 to 10 10 10 years, to H.265, which is capable of 4K Ultra HD Um, HDR graphics across the board, which is going to be used throughout the operating system, everything. So it's going to make things a lot smoother, especially with people who are in graphic design, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the big thing on the graphic side is the introduction, the finally, the introduction of virtual reality for a Mac, because this is the first time we've seen the ability to use some of these incredible engines, these graphic engines that VR is built off of, and that's Steam, that's uh, Epic Unreal, and now you're going to be able to use it on a Mac
2: and th- this feeds into one of the uh, other announcements which was you know metal is a software that people use on the developing side on the development side to create all the beautiful graphics that you're seeing now uh, on in both Mac OS and iOS and now they moved on to something called metal 2 I love when he said guess what we're going to call it metal 2 yeah. and the developers were excited about this because metal 2 is sort of at, at the core of what this VR experience is going to be and I think this really was important for Apple to do because for years even people that had you know people some people switched whereby they're high-end Macs running games as well as a PC. But let's face it, if you're a hardcore gamer, if you're into VR, you're not going to a Mac, you're going to a PC. For me, I've been building my own PCs, Slash now using the Alienware stuff that we've been getting, which we love. Uh, I've been using PCs for years now, especially as... You know, the graphics needs become more demanding of the games I've been playing and also with the VR world. So for Apple to integrate VR into High Sierra, I think that's important. You even you saw them give a demo, uh, Industrial Light and Magic gave a great demo of what you can do on a Mac using virtual reality and, of course, the Star Wars universe. I thought that demo was incredible incredible. I was really blown away by it, how easily the system works. And it's going to work in conjunction with their hardware, which we'll have some announcements with as well. But I think this is a really big step. As you said, the VR step is a big one, if for nothing more, Mark, than perception. Because the perception is that graphically for years, Apple has been behind. This brings them at least... Into the it, it brings them to the party. Are they going to be at the top of the VR game? Not for a long time, if at all, but this at least puts them in the conversation, which I think both PR-wise and in the gamers'
1: mindshare was something that was really important. So also under the hood, I mean, we could go into a lot of detail about these things, but we're going to over the coming months as we get more and more into these betas. Enhancements to photos, so machine learning will be able to recognize faces a lot easier for you and help you organize things. The Finder on your Mac will be able to search the internet, so you'll be able to type in a flight number, for example, in Spotlight and get flight results. Um, Moments and just editing across the board are going to be a lot easier in photo using that Metal 2 engine. Um, Other features, videos won't autoplay in Safari, the new version of is apparently incredibly, incredibly fast. They're gonna Not be just intel- incredibly
2: fast, but they claim the fastest br- using high Sierra the on world's a Mac, fastest browser. The world's fastest browser, which I thought was kind of interesting. And either, yeah, I, gotta- I I love the browser wars that are going
1: on right now. I just think it's funny. I gotta, I gotta see that hands on because I'm not very happy with Safari as of late. Um, Siri is getting more expressive, a lot more intonation in the way she sounds. As I said, uh, uh, iCloud, way more uh, iCloud integration. Messages are going to be kept in the cloud. Email, lots of, lots of things. I mean, lots of things across the board. But this kind of led us into some of the hardware updates and updates. I mean, across the board, were on the MacBook, on the MacBook line. Um, everybody's getting the brand new processors all the way down to the MacBook Air, if I believe I'm correct.
2: Well, I I thought they were, the MacBook Air, which was kind of interesting, what what hardware became an afterthought in this keynote. MacBook Air was definitely an afterthought. The Mac Pro and Mac Mini were a no-show, which I think also sends a very loud message. Um, But... We did see, we did hear them say that on the MacBook Air side, there would be a speed upgrade, but they did not say necessarily a chip upgrade, which I thought was yeah. interesting. They said we'd see a megahertz jump, we would not necessarily see a processor jump. But there's some good news and bad news here. Uh, if you are a recent buyer of the MacBook Pro or a MacBook, they're moving to KB Lake, which is you know uh, their seventh generation processor from Intel. Um, 30 to forty, thirty to 40% faster depending on the Mac that you're using. And if you had just purchased, obviously like, like I did, a MacBook Pro, you might be thinking, oh, great new processor. The good news is that's really all they did in the MacBook yeah. lineup. All they did, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, right, was add the KB Lake processor that's to it. the equation yep. and no drop the price anything. of entry, yeah. I think, for um, the Retina MacBooks. Anything with a retina screen in the MacBook world, I think, got dropped in the introductory price. So that's a, that's a nice thing. Upgrade the processor, drop the price. But that wasn't where the really interesting announcements were on the hardware side, was it? We, we saw the iMac getting a pretty pretty big
1: bump this year. Well, we saw the iMac Pro be unveiled, and this is a product that's not going to be available until December. And I want to throw this disclaimer out right now. The iMac Pro is not the replacement for the modular Mac Pro. You know, people people were coming up in arms and were like, oh my God, this is the replacement. This is not. This is not the replacement for the Mac Pro that is still yet to come, yet to be announced either later this year or next year. But the iMac Pro is is an iMac on absolute steroids. I mean, if you look at the specs of this machine, it's, it's, you can't even compare it. Number one, it's got this beautiful space gray design, which is going to be exclusive to that iMac Pro, which is really, really neat. Um, and it's something that you, again, exclusive. You can't even get the keyboard separately. You're going to have to buy... I think I think they will probably cave down the road. Um, but you're talking about up to, what is it, 18 cores of processing. Um, up to you, 128 gigs of RAM. Turbo Boost, 4.5 I mean- gigahertz, 42 megs of cache. Um, <laughs> this is an absolute beast across the board, and it's going to really appeal to people who are in graphic design.
2: Not, not really appeal. I think... Uh, this machine is only designed for the very, very high end. I think we're going to see a lot of companies, a lot of businesses that require powerful computers, whether it's design firms, engineering firms, um, Companies like Disney and, you know, Pixar, Industrial Light and Magic that make, their, that make their living on high-powered computers, doing the computations, doing the animations that help them in their everyday work. So I think this is a purpose-built machine. Uh, listen, with a starting price of $5,000, they're not appealing to the average Joe customer. No, no. I mean, the average person is not going to be spending that kind of money. But it was interesting, as you said, to see the transition when they're talking about the most powerful Mac ever, To have them be talking about an iMac, and it did look—they called it badass—and I will say it did look kind of badass with that, you know, with the with the gunmetal sort of, you know, the gray, the the space gray that we've seen on the MacBook Pro line. I do want to also say that on the traditional iMac lineup, we saw, of course, the jump to KB Lake. We already knew about that—that had already happened—but they increased the RAM, the maximum RAM on the 21-inch model to 32 gigs, maximum RAM on the 27-inch model to 64 gigs. All retina display, even the 21 inch retina display now will come with a dedicated video card from AMD, which we did not see in the 21 inch ever before. All the 27 inch models are all going to have fusion drives as standard, which I think I've been waiting for this forever. I mean, why make this, why make this something that people have to pay for as an extra thing? Also, they lowered the entry price of the 21 inch model, which I thought was pretty cool on the retina side. So there was a lot to talk about on the IMAX side, but of course the, you know, piece de resistance was that iMac Pro, which is, it's a beast, and I don't think I'll be buying it anytime soon. Can't afford it.
1: So let's move on to iOS 11 because we only have yes. about five minutes left. So iOS yes. 11, um, this is a giant, giant operating system upgrade, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go through some of the details, and we're gonna go way more in depth than some video and some audio. As I did install it on my iPad, and there's some really cool refinements across the board that we're gonna talk about. The biggest one is access to a file system. They have a new Files app that lets you access not only iCloud Drive and files that are on your actual iPad itself, but other services like Box, Dropbox, OneDrive, uh, Adobe Creative Cloud, Google. Google Drive, etc., etc., and allows you to mix and match and save things in different places, which means that you get way more productivity out of your actual iPad. There's a new dock, which is a way more powerful way to work. It shows, it's very, very much remin- reminiscent of the Max dock, where you could see individual apps that you want access to, plus your most recent apps. Better multitasking in multiple ways, whether it be editing photos, whether it be, whether it be uh, just you know, working with mail and maps. Maps gets an overhaul in terms of just access to in-store maps, uh, airport maps, etc., Etc. Etc. Mail gets a lot cleaner. Apple Pencil gets way more utility. You can mark up numerous, numerous things. But one of the biggest, biggest announcements is drag and drop. The ability something to- Something you
2: called, something you asked for and predicted was going to happen, by the way.
1: I think they just had to do this. It's, yeah. it's something that, you know, you're able to now drag a photo from Mail into a keynote presentation, drag a, a piece of text or a link from a website into another another element of a doc. But this all is going to be excelled in the brand new- iPad Pro, which is a new 10.5-inch iPad and a piece of hardware that I think we all knew was coming, but now we know how everything works together.
2: You know, I I want to I want to back up real quick and just talk about drag and drop, which again you had predicted and is something you were asking for big time, and we're excited to see. I think it sent a big message as to what Apple's future is going to be, and I think it's telling what it told me was Apple has no plans of of unifying their operating system like Windows did, where you'll have this a similar unified experience on a tablet, a phone, or a computer. Apple has no intention of doing that. I think Apple's Apple's thought is, if if I can you know presume to think what they think, um, that Every, you know, our mobile devices have users that like to interface in a certain way using their hands. Our desktop products have an interface that people like to use. Maybe they'll integrate the touch bar into the keyboard. We'll see that coming soon. But it tells me that because they're making the iPad, this new 10-point-inch iPad Pro is closer to a a computer than it's ever been before in terms of functionality. Drag and drop, the file sharing system, everything that you would get on a desktop. This is just Apple's way of facilitating using an iPad like a computer without unifying those operating systems. And I think, like you said, the iOS 11 announcement was bigger on the iPad side than it actually was on the iPhone side. Wouldn't you say they made two separate announcements with the iPad side being much bigger because this is sort of their crossover into using your tablet more as a computer. Or as a Mac, I should
1: say. I think this is going to just become a way more productive tool across the board and we're going to see how it evolves in the operating system with the actual iPad. now that iPad is going to be available. I mean, you can order it right now. You can order it right now and you'll get it uh, in about a week from now, which is kind of cool. No long product delay, etc., etc. It is Your Tech Report. I am Mark Flallow. He is Mitchell Whitfield. We're going to take a quick break. We've got way more to cover when we come back. Stick around. Follow us on Twitter. It is at Your Tech Report. Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Of course, our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Back in a moment.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Welcome
1: back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Mark Flallow in, uh, actually, Vancouver, and Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Jessie. Uh, Jessie. It's Jesse. Jesse, yes, it is. There you From go. Toy yes. From Toy Story. Yes, I apologize Jessie. to oh.
2: all of the Toy Story fans <laughs> out there all over the world that were just feeling horrible for me or thinking I'm an idiot. You would have maybe been right, but for other reasons, it was Jesse, uh. the yodeling cowgirl, Jesse. Don't you do a I'm lot so of work? I'm so sorry. Go ahead.
1: Don't you do a lot of work for Disney? Let's not get into that. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. <laughs> I voice a lot of these characters, that's what's
2: really scary, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Welcome back to your tech board, Mark of Lalo in Montreal, or normally in Montreal now in Vancouver, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Follow along on Twitter, or if you're watching on YouTube, welcome to it. Um, you know what was surprising about that whole Watch Face announcement and, the, and Toy Story uh, figures? I expected sure. them to throw Lightning McQueen on there in, in promotion of the new Pixar movie, of the new Cars 3 movie, and, I, and of course that didn't happen. I guess there's a lot more effort required to get those animated Disney characters on that watch face than we actually imagine it.
2: and by the way, it look—I have to say—it looked really cool when you watch it. Isn't just them just standing there holding their arms out. When you see how when you lift the when you wake up your watch from being asleep, you'll see the character sort it of come spring into to frame. It's yeah. really, yeah, it's really clever the way they did it. Um, we were—I think when we left off, we were talking a little bit about um, uh, you know, iOS 11, how yes. it works on the iPad, and how their Apple is sort of taking the iPad now to the place where. It really is a good substitute because now, even though it runs iOS and soon-to-be iOS 11, right, Mark? I think it still functions as a replacement for a lot of people that just want to use the, you know, email and uh, browse the web Here's and the create thing. documents. There's so
1: many people out there that really use a computer for exactly as you said, just kind of web browsing, right. email, uh, document creation. I mean, every The basics of a day-to-day kind of business person really are now covered with the iPad and especially this new iPad Pro the the physical Form of this new iPad, this 10.5 inch iPad, it's a little bit bigger than 9.7. We kind of expected it to be the same. It's a little bit bigger, it's a little bit lighter, but the screen is getting a 20% increase because they are thinning out the bezels and stuff around the board. It's funny, you and I had a conversation kind of off the air right. yesterday saying, you know, why did they do that? And we kind of realized that they're, they're, they're saving this bezel-less display for this 10th anniversary iPhone. I mean, they've got to be, and you can't introduce that on the iPad and then have it come to the iPhone. However, they do that for the chips because we have this new A10X processor on the iPad, which we will see come to the next iPhone, no doubt.
2: A- absolutely. And, you know, for people that you – know, listen, my buddy Ryan just got himself an iPad Pro last week. I went with him to the Apple store. We got it. He got the Apple Pencil. And I said, you may want to wait yeah. and see what happens, you know, fully full, knowing full well that he can still return it. And he was asking me the other day, well, should I get the new one? Uh, and obviously, if you just bought one and you have the opportunity to return and get the new one, the answer is yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's kind I mean, of a no-brainer. Be, I mean, listen, I mean, the price point, the base model went from $599. we are talking about Wi-Fi only right now. The base model went from 599 to 649 But for that extra $50, and I was going over this with Ryan to sort of talk to him about it, to talk him through it. For that price, obviously, you're getting a larger screen. Yeah. You're getting a much better quality screen that's capable of showing HDR, high dynamic range content. No other you know, iPad has ever been able to do that before. They're doubling the minimum spec from 32 gigabytes of storage to 64. And you're also getting that much faster A10X processor. So for an extra 50 bucks, bigger screen, faster processor, uh, it's, and, and more memory on the, you know, on the bottom end, it's just kind of a no-brainer. And what they also did was, you know, if the minimum is 64, it then goes right to 256 yeah. and 512 <laughs> for storage. So Insane. again, we're moving toward a computer. And listen, Mark, let's face it. The most important thing when you're using a desktop versus a tablet versus whatever, it's about how you use the device and yeah. what you're using it for and what content you're saving. Almost everything now, Word documents, images, they're all. you can save them all across multiple platforms. It's the same file system. It's the same document, it's the same file. So really, it's just a matter of form factor now. So why not keep iOS on the iPad? Why why have the need to force an integration of Mac OS and iOS into one system when you have two different users? And this also shows me that Mac has no plans anytime soon of going to a touchscreen model on their desktop. No, definitely not. They may do it on the keyboard with a yeah. touch bar... But with their iPad line getting closer to a laptop and a computer on its own, I don't think we're going to see Apple integrate and have any sort of touchscreen on any of their Macs anytime soon.
1: I want to kind of transition to how iOS 11 works on the iPhone, but you have to talk about some of the other features that iOS 11 brings to the table, Um, one of which is major enhancements to just notes and mail and the way in which you can use the pencil. So the pencil is becoming more useful because you can now, whereas before you could choose one or the other, you you can either draw or handwrite, and then you can have to switch to a different note or whatever, it is to actually type. Now you can have inline right. drawings and markup, whether it be in mail or notes. Notes also ga- gains a new scan and sign feature. So you can scan documents. So let's say someone has a document in front of you, you could scan it, you could sign it, you could Im- Im- immediately create a PDF out of it, which is something that's been available on the Mac side, It was really cool. And this new quick type keyboard, this is something they kind of glossed over and didn't really explain what it's about. But what it is, is that now when you type, you can just touch the keys and you get the letters. But you also see in kind of a light gray on top of the letters, the other characters, for example, the numbers on top of the QWERTY, and all you have to do is a little 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 flick down, a little flick down, and it automatically types that. I thought that was going to be very gimmicky, but in using it, it is quite useful, especially when entering complicated passwords that have capitals and characters. It was really, really quite easy, and I'm curious to see how that's going to be implemented on the iPhone. I haven't tried on the iPhone because that's my daily driver, and these betas, anybody cautious, these betas are buggy as heck, especially out of the gate. Um, A new version update like this, they're really, really buggy, whereas the small kind of upgrades are not that buggy, but these are buggy, so don't put this on a daily driver.
2: Well, what I was going to say to you is everyone should have a, a mark, mark of follow yeah, exactly. in their life, really, because for those of you who haven't listened to the radio show before, we haven't really talked about this on the YouTube channel that much, but Mark always goes in on the beta. I always do not, because I wait to see what goes wrong for him how many hairs he's pulled out of his head? If he comes away looking like has me, he gone back? I know to, not the to old dive into that yeah, beta. I know,
1: I know, I get it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you said, it's important, and they they make they stress this not to put it on your daily driver for many reasons. Obviously, if there's a crash and it's your daily driver, you are now bricking your phone for however long it takes to figure out, or you're going to roll back. It's it's just not a great idea. But for people that want to get a sense of what's coming. You know, the betas can be a can be great opportunity. Maybe put it on your iPad, but not your iPhone. So there, there are always ways to work it out.
1: Another feature that iOS 11 introduced is the AR kit for augmented reality. And it's funny because we, I think we all expected there to be some kind of hardware required to get that kind of augmented reality feature. But no, this is just going to be in the software available via the regular everyday camera that's on your iPad and probably iPhone as well to introduce augmented reality. And their demo was amazing. Oh,
2: it it, it was incredible. It, It looked really good. And for people that don't know exactly what augmented reality is, there's virtual reality when you're totally immersed in a virtual world around you. Then there's augmented reality where you can still see the world around you, in this case with Apple, with iPhone, with iPad, using the camera to look at the world around you, but then overlaying virtual objects on top of the real environment. That's what augmented reality is. Anyone who's played Pokemon Go not that I would ever play such a game uh, when I was <laughs> running around like a freak with my, with my kids doing it every day, every I, hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, when you, when you Pokemon Go, you'd see the world around you and you'd see the Pokemon sitting on the street in front of you or on your dining room table. That's what augmented reality is. And for a lot of people, Mark, I think augmented reality is, more, is a more exciting technology for me than just plain virtual reality because it opens the door... Learning, you know, teaching, virtual tours. I mean, virtual repairs of your home. Where you, an you know, electrician, can virtually help you walk through using the outlet on your wall. I mean, there's so many applications for it. But do you think it's? A, this is another example. We we saw Google sort of embrace the Daydream platform, which is their VR platform that's built into Android. Is this is this sort of what? Apple's answer to, again, catching up to what other people are doing, which is something we've kind of sadly become accustomed to when it comes to Apple in recent years.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I I think it's just about time that they found a different way to implement it without needing necessarily the the, the glasses of some sort. So I'm excited about it, too, because I could just see the practical applications of being out in a new city. I'm in Vancouver for a couple days now, and I don't know the city. To be able to hold up my phone and kind of look around and have actual data be overlaid on, oh, look, there's a Starbucks, This is what's found special today. Or this is what this store is. They sell hats. This is what this restaurant's menu is. That's a real practical application of augmented reality, let alone all the gaming and other things that you can throw into the mix.
2: Absolutely, and, and to Apple's credit, they didn't try. I mean, the Hero was saying that they're you know, they're trying to play catch-up, but they didn't really do that 100% because they took a different route. They went augmented instead of pure VR. They didn't announce goggles to use this. Augmented Reality is meant to use the de- the, device, the devices we already have in our hands. There's no separate set of glasses
1: that are necessary, so Apple is really taking a slightly different
2: path, so forget what I just said a minute ago.
1: So Let's, let's talk about some of the features that are available on the iPhone, of course available also on the iPad, but which, uh, Apple Pay, interesting, a, a way you can actually pay friends within iMessage so iMessage and Siri gets a little bit smarter so for example someone says uh, let's say I text you a message saying hey Mitchell you owe me 28 bucks it'll automatically say hey do you want to pay Mark $28 and you can wow. instantly authorize that and pay me via Apple Pay. Now, what they didn't really get into clearly was where does that money go? Because you're not linking your Apple Pay necessarily to a bank account. Well, now you'll be able to have an Apple Pay cash card. It's going to live in your wallet, so you can constantly add money to it, and then you can spend money off that on any kind of Apple Pay accepted area. So you can choose to keep it in this virtual card if you want to, or you could transfer that to your bank if you wanted to as well. Right. A very cool. A very cool addition as well there. Plus, Photos gets major. during Enhancements, specifically in live photos. Now, if you've used live photos before, it gives you this feel of movement, and what's actually happening is they're capturing a movie at the same time as they're capturing that still image. You can finally now go back in there, and actually through the viewing the movie in frame-by-frame frame mode, you can actually pick which frame you want the best, which is absolutely great.
2: Yeah, what I was going to say is, if, if people haven't used this feature, I turned this feature off a while ago because it can also be a resource hog. Oh, it well, people yeah. need to know that it's a it's a pure it's a resource hog in terms of if you have one of the lower end, you know, iPhone models. Uh, it can eat up memory very quickly because as Mark said, it's taking a movie. But yeah. the way it used to work was it would take an image and record a little bit before and after so give this live movie effect. But it selected the image for you. What Mark is saying now is you can actually go into that live movie, the live photo, and pick which frame you want to be the actual photo before you couldn't do that. And I think... It's, you know what? It kind of got me interested. I, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They know the right strings to pull over at Apple. Because it got me interested in live photo all over again. When I Before I was like, eh, I don't need this. Now I'm sort of like, well, if I can pick my own frame, pick what the shot. And did you see the feature with live photo where they actually allowed you to put the movie on a loop? Yes. So, yes. I mean, they, it was really, there's some really cool features there. And they just keep on getting better. I'm wondering, it makes me kind of wonder... What great things await us on the hardware side? It's so interesting to see all these great software innovations. We don't know what the new phone is going to be like 100% internally. So it gets us excited about how the new hardware that will be announced soon on the phone side will complement what they've done on the software side
1: control sensor gets a major upgrade lots of things across Ugh. the board you'll be able to multitask a lot easier but one of the cool things that i saw and again they really didn't focus much attention on this stuff but was translation in siri this is a big deal like the ability to say how do you say what are your most popular dishes in your restaurant in chinese and i, I want to try the service out and so I'm, my ipad is here and i'm going to say something we're going to try english to french shall we Okay. Any, okay. Any particular phrase you want to try and try with here? I haven't. I get, It may not even work because I haven't even tried this yet. But let's say. Uh, um, I. I'd, I'd say I don't have the proper shoes for this occasion. Okay. Let's try that. Yeah. Let's do this. How do you say "I don't have the proper shoes for this occasion" in French? I
0: can't translate Canadian English yet. Sorry about
1: that. <laughs> You can't translate did he, Canadian did English you just yet. say
2: Canadian English? Canadian
1: English. Okay, so there's a setting on the iPad where you can actually choose what language you're actually in. And obviously, because <laughs> I just I'm in... I love the phrase because, Canadian yeah. English. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, because I'm... So different than our English yeah, here. Yeah, because I'm obviously in Canadian English mode. She's not... This is, you know, this is... <laughs> that is hysterical. This is why you don't try things on the fly, because it just doesn't work that way. Let's move on no, to... No, but it
2: makes for a great video, makes for a great radio, so why not?
1: While I try to figure out this setting, let's move on to the Apple <laughs> speaker, shall we? Mitchell?
2: Okay, uh, let's, yeah, we, we had heard rumors, and you see me shaking my head a little bit, and we'll explain why in a second. You'll know why in a second. Uh, we've been hearing about this Apple speaker with a screen, which, by the way, didn't happen uh, in terms of the screen, for quite some time now. And, of course, it was the sixth in the list. We had the four things that we talked about before, which were watch OS um, tvOS, iOS, and macOS. And then, of course, the iPad announcement. That was number five. Number six was their new speaker that revolves around Apple Music, which is important to remember. It revolves around Apple Music. Not all of your music where it lives elsewhere. Apple Music and uh, Siri living in your home. Um, I guess it's about seven inches tall. Kind of a chunky little sucker. Really a nice, robust, heavy little speaker. Um, The name caught me off guard because... How can I say this? I didn't like it. Uh, they, they, they went for a HomePod. Yeah, they went for a HomePod for this speaker. Uh, so I was kind of thrown by that. Nothing in the nothing with the i moniker like i or Apple speaker, which I thought you know, which you came up with. Yeah. So they went with HomePod, which sounds a little bizarre. Uh, the price point, uh, it shouldn't have thrown a lot of people off. If let's say <clears throat> the Echo speakers from Amazon top out at one seventy nine or one ninety nine. Yeah. This speaker is going to sell for 349 U.S. Which, if you know Apple products, you know you're going to pay a premium yes. because they are offering other things. And they, they really put a premium on sound quality, Mark. This was their whole thing. They wanted this to be the best sound experience from a home speaker because they're saying, if you're going to have a speaker playing music... You, and especially you're listening to, you know, the, the, what is it, the 40 million songs they have or the 20 million songs they have uh, on Apple Music, it should be the best experience available. But they, they had a very interesting way of demoing. This speaker in an auditorium without yeah, they tried, using the speaker. If
1: you didn't pay attention to the keynote, they tried to separate the the types of the the track, like the the main vocals, and show you how the speaker is smart enough to know what is the main vocal and put that to the center. Right. Where it's spatially separate, aware, yeah, it's spatially aware. I mean, this is something. This is something that Sonos has had for quite some time, uh, and and I think that we're going to see this kind of evolve. Um. Listen, the name threw me off. The name threw me off. One hundred percent. I expected Apple Speaker. I understand where they're going with the with trying to get the pod element in there because their iPod was so successful. But I think we're so past that now. I think we're so yeah. past that now. And I'm going to bring you back to our last show when I talked about that. You know, people in the Apple ecosystem are going to buy this thing. Um, yes. how integrated Siri is going to be is going to be kind of interesting because they showed that she was limited to what she's going to be able to control and what she's going to be able to do but other ones are as limited as well but it goes back right. to my argument not an argument but the fact is is that um, Apple has such an incredibly large global footprint that releasing this en masse like they're going to is going to allow them to be equal to where the others are in the market um, at the same time if you look at the the small print, it's only going to be available in the U.S. to start and a couple other places, not even in Canada, and it's, this is probably a language issue. It's probably because of a lot of the new Siri voice and probably a language issue, but it's not going to be available globally right away, but it will be in the new year. So how quickly will they get it out there and be able to catch up? I'm not sure.
2: Well, Mark, I mean, probably the big issue comes down to Canadian English and what a barrier that is to getting a product out in Canadian English, which clearly for Apple. Let's try this. Are you still trying trying to
1: do this? I think I managed to check it out because I hear this. Okay, let's hear it. How do you say where is the nearest bathroom in French?
0: I can't translate Canadian.
1: Oh, come on. I changed the region. Okay, I give up. I give up. (laughs) No, this is great. It ain't perfect. Let's put it that way. It ain't perfect. That's why
2: they call it a beta. It was a
1: feature-filled WWDC. It went over two hours. It was about two and a half hours. Um, The longest one I think they've ever, the longest keynote they've ever done? Yeah, I think this is definitely longer than at least in the, recent memory. Oh, yeah, hundred um, percent. Lots of very cool products announced. It was a lot of fun. I'm curious to get hands on time with the new iPad. I already have one on order. The speaker we're not going to see to the end of the year. Like a lot of the hardware stuff we're not going to see till the end of this year. They, you know, you can check YouTube. Yeah, Matt we'll the
2: speaker specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We, we, you know, check YouTube. I favorited a couple of videos from some other places that show you them some of their hands on time with these devices. So some very cool stuff. Um, and, and overall, I think it was very fun on the software side.
2: And you know what? This is a great opportunity for us. If you're listening to us on SiriusXM, you know, email us. Let us know what you guys thought about the keynote. If you're watching this on YouTube. Leave a comment, let us know what you guys thought. If there's anything else we can touch upon in the future, it's hard to condense, obviously, all the announcements, all the, the subtle additions to the software and hardware in one or in one or two segments. So let us know if there's something you want to hear about, and we'll
1: give you even more. It is your tech report. I am Mark Flallo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Again, follow along on Twitter. It is at your tech report. Facebook.com slash your tech report. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash your tech report. Don't forget a couple more days to enter for the the Beats x giveaway. Lots of fun there. Comment. Love the video on YouTube. Lots of fun. we got great engagement. We love it. Keep it up. Coming up, Christine Tam from Best Buy to give us some great Father's Day gift ideas, plus a very cool initiative from Google and Best Buy to get VR in the classroom like you've never seen before. It is Your Tech Report back in a moment.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report.
1: Welcome back to Your Tech Report, Marc Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. On Twitter, it is at Your Tech Report, Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report, and of course, the YouTube pages of YouTube.com slash Your Tech Report. Mitchell, it is time to time shift ourselves over to uh, another side of my country, because she's in the same side of your country, at least this week, and welcome (laughs) our good friend Christine Tam over on from Best Buy. Christine, welcome.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Christine, you know, we were going to talk to you about Father's Day stuff, but... Uh, this thing landed on my desk and it talked about Google Expeditions and Best Buy Canada getting involved with Google, putting VR in the classroom. And I'm like, oh, well, we got to talk to you even sooner. But i, I got to know more about this. Can you tell me about this program?
3: We are so excited about this program. So this is the first time that Google Expeditions is going to be available in Canada and uh, exclusively sold through Best Buy Canada through our Best Buy for Business uh, department. And uh, what it is is uh, it's uh, virtual reality field trips. So it's a whole education system. Um, We sell the kits in 10, 20, or 30 classroom sizes. And it comes with uh, virtual reality headsets for all the kids, um, phones, its own router system, uh, a tablet for the teacher um, already loaded with the app. And there are over 500 virtual field trips students can go on.
2: You know, Christine, this is something that Mark and I have been talking about for a really long time where everyone's talking about VR. And we've actually, you know, from you at Best Buy, we have, of course, the PlayStation VR. There's so many applications in gaming that we've talked about. But really, the in the classroom for learning, for students that want to go other places, explore, this is really an invaluable tool that everyone should have their hands on, Right.
3: Exactly. So it's not meant to replace the traditional field trip where you're going to get outside mm-hmm. locally and, you know, go to a museum or go on a hike. But what's really cool about it is that if you're learning, if the students are learning about uh, the Great Wall of China or the moon or um, whales, you know, they can actually go on a virtual field trip to these places. And that wouldn't be possible in real life. So um, you can actually see whales uh buy you underwater you can go back in time and see dinosaurs in 3d when you're learning about that in the class how cool is that
1: that is that is awesome as you said it's kind of it's it's really exploding the field trip really i mean it doesn't replace local field trips to various places but the ability to to go to locations like you said the great wall or whatnot that's insane are there any other i, I noticed that one was mentioned uh, the acropolis or even going to mars so we're we're expanding into space at this point aren't
3: we oh exactly the space <laughs> one is very cool i mean there's there's a bunch there's over 500 field trips so there's a few space ones to choose from you can go to mars you can go to the moon you can just you know explore the solar system and uh what's great about the kits that we're currently making is that it's not just still images uh, in virtual reality it'll actually be video so you'll see um you know shooting stars go by you you'll see um animals actually you know walk by you if you're learning about that which um, makes it a really interactive experience and uh, we demoed it in a class for the first time uh, last week, and the, the, it was priceless. The kids loved it. The teachers loved it. It was super easy to use um, through the app. So for the teachers, there's a script and questions and points of interest that they can point out. Uh, so it makes it it's super user-friendly.
2: The really cool thing about this, Christine, it's not just the hardware that you guys are setting up, but you guys are giving your time as well because the Geek Squad, if I'm not mistaken, does local, they help with local setup of the whole system, correct?
3: They do. They can. So we actually have a program called Geek Squad Academy where Geek Squad agents will actually go into classrooms and teach kids about coding and um, all sorts of technology that's meant to help supplement their education. Um, so these programs are really good. You can go to BestBuy.ca and, and learn more about that. And Google Expeditions um, hopefully will be integrated into that soon. Um, we also, you know, the cost of the kits is not uh, small. They're six thousand to fifteen thousand uh, dollars Canadian, depending on the size of the kit. Um, so we know that some schools won't be able to buy this. So we're actually giving away three kits. Um, in a contest uh for free to students and schools across canada and then also um schools can apply through our tech grants program to um to get a kit for free as well
1: where do they get information about the tech grants program i'm curious just for my own son's school
3: it's on bestbuy.ca um through our community program uh so if you search it on our website you'll be able to find it
1: very 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 cool I like this. This is really, really neat. And just I can imagine the reaction, just, you know, is, is it geared toward a specific age or really, I mean, it's, I guess it transcends age entirely.
3: It really does. So we demoed it with uh, grade three students, um, but it's meant for elementary and secondary. And uh, there's different um, programs and different field trips that you can go on that would apply so to cool. all ages.
1: That is so cool. And the thing
2: about it is, I mean, and Christine, tell me if you if you think if you've had this experience as well, I mean, there's a definite visceral response to virtual reality. It's the same thing with gaming, the difference between looking at a game on a television versus being inside the game. And when you're teaching as a teacher, there's a difference when you're reading something in a book or showing a picture versus when you are standing in the Grand Canyon, when you are standing on the Great Wall, when you get that first person perspective, it's a completely different experience, a completely immersive experience that you can't really quantify until you've really experienced it
1: yourself.
3: It's so true. I mean, when I was growing up, uh, you know, we'd read about it in books and we'd look at pictures and then now uh, students can watch videos. But to actually be there, feel like you're there on top of Mount Everest, uh, it creates an entirely different um, experience for students and it actually enhances critical thinking. You know, it enhances their ability to, to learn. It really does.
1: That's awesome. Okay, so Christine, we obviously talk to you when it comes to gift giving season time. Obviously, it's Christmas is quite some time off, but Father's Day is right Mm -hmm. around the corner. What do you guys have going on? What what should we kind of focus on this time around?
3: Yeah, so it's very exciting. Uh, It's time to honor our dads, which is one of my favorite times of the year for sure. (laughs) We wait for it all year round, and I think what's really um, you know what we're focusing on this year is why don't buy your dad something that you can. that will facilitate an activity with your dad. So uh, say your dad is really into golfing, uh, as many dads are. Um, We're recommending um, a swing analyzer. So this is really cool. Golf 3D Swing Analyzer. Um, It'll actually, it just attaches to your golf glove and it'll analyze your swing and give you data points um, per second, it'll give you instant evaluations and smart coach training. So that's something if you guys are going out golfing together, um, you know, you can bring that along. And it's a fun activity to do with your dad.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely cool. It's like having a coach in your pocket, really.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: As long as it's not Tiger Woods, but we won't go there. Um, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what else do you have going on?
3: So um, along that same vein, um, if your dad likes football or basketball, Wilson makes these awesome connected uh, game balls. And uh, so you can go out and throw around the pigskin with your dad or shoot some hoops. And uh, then on your, you know, uh, tablet or phone, you can actually see, you know, how fast you threw, your spiral efficiency, the catch-drop rate, and more. So that's another really good activity and gets you outside with your dad, which is, which is awesome.
1: That is really cool. That is awesome. Especially, I, lo- I love the activity portion of it because you can actually get physically involved.
3: Exactly. Um, one thing that's kind of out of the box, I think a lot of people don't really think about um, as they get older and out of you know, school age, is telescopes. Um, and this is something that you can do with your dad um, and kids of any ages. Um, we're recommending the Celestron AstroMaster 130EQ telescope, and it's a dual-purpose telescope. So you can um, you know, view very clear images of the moon and the planets and go out stargazing with your dad, um, which is a great activity.
1: That is really, really cool.
2: And you guys are coming up with, see, you're coming up with ideas, Christine, out of the box for me because we're so used to thinking about gadgets and sitting, but I love the idea, as Mark said earlier, of getting out of the house and the stargazing portion. The telescope is huge because recently I found out a bunch of my friends have have gotten into astral photography and especially with digital cameras, with cell phones. It's a great hobby and this is a great way to sort of get people's toes wet in that water. It's a great, great fun hobby to, to do.
3: It really, really is. And, and, yeah, something out of the box that people don't necessarily think about right away when they think about Father's Day. Um, you know, when you think about Father's Day, uh, and if your dad is super um, techie, uh, a good gift is something like a smartwatch. So Fossil Q Marshall Gen 2 um, smartwatch. You know, they look really great. They come in a few different, um, you know, finishes. And you can pick one that will suit your dad's style. And uh, it will be, you know, a fitness tracker and it will connect to your phone. You get text messages on it. Um, So that's a great gift for um, a techie dad.
2: Okay. So here's something that's a little bit outside of the box, Christine. because since we're thinking outside the box, you're giving us all these great ideas. Uh, Do you guys have something there that will will give anyone who tries to wake you before 11 a.m. on Father's Day a slight electrical (laughs) impulse that will dissuade them from doing this ever again?
3: That is brilliant. <laughs> I'll work on that for next year. I was going <laughs> to say, we have to check the
2: legalities. Mm-hmm. We don't want anyone to get in trouble legally for this, but it would be great. Just a little shock. A little shock. something that would just you know, letting... stick with them for life. <laughs> just a little, a, little, a little reminder like, hey, it's sleepy time. Time for dad to sleep.
3: Yep, I think that's a great idea. Dads would definitely appreciate it.
1: Now, Christine, there's a couple products that were announced over the past uh, week and a week and a half. And, of course, I, I want to make sure people, are, especially our listeners, know that you guys are going to be carrying the new DJI Spark Mini drone. Um, I know that starts to ship from DJI around June 15th. Do you have a date for it to be in store here?
3: I do not have that information, actually, but we're super excited about this drone. Uh, we love drones. Obviously, um, I'm obsessed with them myself, and we have a great range of them at Best Buy. So um, keep an eye out, and we'll have it um, that information on our website, Best pretty soon when you'll be able to get it.
2: Yeah, and I just want to jump in here and tell you that uh, for those of you you know, you know we're big you know drone fans, Christine. We talk about this stuff a lot, and there are some retailers that sell drones or that say, say they sell drones. I went to the I went to the Best Buy.ca website here, and. I was blown away by the sheer number of drones you guys carry from all the different manufacturers, from DJI to Unique and everything in between. Plus, all the accessories, too. I was going to say, I was going to say, including accessories that really most retailers do not keep in stock that you're forced to order directly from the company. You guys have a huge selection, and it's great for people that love the hobby.
3: Oh, for sure. And we, uh, you know, we want to make shopping as easy as possible. We don't want you to have to jump around and go to the manufacturer in order to uh, get your drone and get out flying. Um, Of course, we always encourage people to know the rules around flying drones. Um, So you can go to Transport Canada and read all about that. But yeah, I mean, we have a great selection of drones, DJI, DJI, um, my personal fave. But um, we have so many to choose from. And uh, if you don't know about drones, you can go into the store and learn about them from our blue shirts. You can talk to our Geek Squad agents um, and uh, it's really fun to learn to fly them too so um, I encourage everyone to, to, to do their research and, and go out and try it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun summer for you guys not only the drone front but uh, the new Surface, uh, new Surface Pro is going to be in your stores you got that great Microsoft setup so uh, we look forward to, to checking it all out and uh, of course encourage people to go to bestbuy.ca for all those uh, great Father's Day gift ideas. Christine, thank you so much for joining us.